It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. We are back, Scott. We are back. It seems like an eternity since we have done this, but uh, I'm glad that we got together again and uh, we're ready to talk about some fights. How have you been, Scott? I've not been bad. Nothing's been happening, has it? You know, nothing crazy with the world at all. It's just been complete plain sailing. Yeah, there's nothing crazy going on. You know, this is a normal year. It's a normal year. No, but in all seriousness, it has been a, a tough 2020. We hope you are doing well, Scott. And of course, we hope you, the listener, are doing well, staying safe. We hope everyone is staying safe out there. But Scott, we have uh, boxing to talk about, which is is glorious. Yeah, yeah. It's a distraction from what has been, let's be honest, a pretty awful year. Yeah, I'm not going to look back and say 2020 was the best. I know every year has its challenges. This one seems to have a little bit more, but let's get right into the fights. Uh, we have a, kind of a lot to cover, but let's start off with Israel Madrimov, the brilliant prospect. He fought a couple weeks ago, and it was just a strange fight, Scott. It was strange. It was brilliant. It was entertaining. It was a little bit crazy and, and dramatic and yeah, it had a bit of everything, didn't it? We saw the brilliance of Madrimov early on. We saw the worst of Madrimov when he tired. We saw confusion from the referee. The guts, heart, determination. It's one of those rare bouts where I think we got a little bit of everything. Confusion from the referee understated a little bit because, gosh, he did not know what he was doing at all. It Really just embarrassing for the sport. It was. It was also quite a shame because it robbed us of what would have been one of the knockouts of the year so i think we're very lucky that eric walker walked away from that one without any serious damage because that was really ugly right because it puts the other fighter in danger you're saying all right get back out there my thing is you have replay and there's all these other sports that utilize replay why can't boxing utilize replay in a situation like this where he clearly was knocked down by a punch just go back to the tape. In fairness, whether it was a punch or not, that bout shouldn't continued. If you have any belief that the guys can cuss, don't let him continue. Take it to the scorecards or whatever. Just do not let him take any more punches. I agree. I agree. It was brutal. It was embarrassing. For Madrimov, though, it wasn't his best showing. Like you said, he he looked like he was tiring. For, for him, where do you think the next step is? I don't actually think we need to slow him down. I think he should be fighting the same pace, this sort of level, uh, perhaps a world-level bout. Um, he did complain after the bout about not being able to prepare properly and not being fully fit, and I think that showed. His skill level is still off the charts, but he needs to take opponents seriously. I don't think we've seen that from him at times. You make a great point there, though. With this pandemic, maybe guys didn't have the opportunity to get into the great shape that they usually get in. Their training styles or habits were limited a little bit, and maybe that affected Madrimov in this case. Yeah, I think we've seen that a few times in recite fights as well. I thought we saw the same with Shrisket Solarungasite at the start of August, I'll let July now maybe. And I think we have seen it with three or four of the fighters where they're just not 100%, and it could be another six months before they are. And that's all right. They're, they'll continue to ramp up. And that's what some of these, I guess, tune-up fights. We haven't seen any type of really big, big bout since the restart occurred. And so that's why these guys are kind of tuning things up, getting things ramped back up. And eventually, 
they'll be back to where they were. Last week, we saw a lot of debut fights in Japan, including some prospects, Matsumoto and Nagagaki. Yeah, and these were really, really good bouts. Um, Ryu, sorry, Kisuke Matsumoto is the son of um, trainer and former fighter Koji Matsumoto, who um, fought for world titles on three occasions. He is the lead trainer of Akira Yaigashi. So you got Yaigashi's trainer's son, essentially making his debut. He got put in his ass within the first 40 seconds of his debut. And got it out and looked sensational afterwards. He was, he was a real talent, a really exciting talent. But actually, it's Ryotro Nagagaki that shined the best. He looks something special. He is a real talent, a proper outside boxer. He won eight titles, um, sorry, five titles, I believe, as an amateur. The big worry with Nagagaki before he turned pro was that he wouldn't set his punches properly. He was a very light hitter in the amateurs, but Watching him, he looks like he hits a solid shot. He looks real, really good. And he's wanting to fight for a world title in sort of two years. So he's going to be stepping up very quickly. At that super flyweight division, you know that there's guys. It's just a stacked division, not only in the world, but I think especially when you look at Asian boxing. Yeah, especially when you look at, say, just Japan alone. You've got so much talent in the division. Ayoka, Nakagawa. Shoishida, Masayoshi Hashizumi. Of course, Kosei Tanaka's moved there now. It's a deep division, and if a guy like Nakagaki wants to rush through it, we're going to see him in with top domestic talent in the next two or three fights. I've been so out of the loop, I forgot that Tanaka moved to that division. That division is stacked. Holy smokes. It feels like a long time since uh, he was ordered to fight Ayaka, was it? It does. It, uh, it feels like an eternity. Uh, for Matsumoto, getting back to Matsumoto... Uh, he's kind of in that middling weight, closer to a featherweight division. Where do you think he goes from from this fight? I think this was a fantastic learning fight for him. And I'd like to see him perhaps continue in this sort of vein against decent lower-level domestic competition. Hironori Miyaki, who he fought, has never been stopped before. Matsumoto stopped him. So some of the competition that... Uh, Miyaki's first himself, someone like Kyusuke Sawada is fighting for a Japanese title. I'd like to see Matsumoto in that sort of range by the end of next year. Two bright futures for, for both of these young men. And it's it's really exciting to see the landscape of the Japanese boxing or the Japanese boxing landscape because it is bright. The future is bright. We have stars already. There's a bunch of different stars in Inoue and Tanaka and Murata and the list goes on, but there's young guys coming up as well. There's a lot of young guys coming up. Um, there's more debuts to come later this year, such as Mitsuro Tajima's debuts scheduled them for November. Subaru Murata's debuts expected later this year. A lot of amateur talent that missed out on the Olympics is turning professional. It's such an exciting time because of that. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Scott and Colin, AsianBoxing.info. Now, this excites me to no end, but also last week we had the Hajime no Ippo 30th anniversary bout. And um, I just, I love the anime. For those of you who have not seen the anime, you need to watch it. I, I haven't finished it, so uh, I probably still have some a couple more episodes to go, but it's a really good anime. It covers 
the history of boxing and um it's really popular in japan i know it's one of the most popular anime in japan but we got to see some good fights in this anniversary card yeah so this is the final 30th anniversary tournament it was a seven-man tournament started last year and concluded with daisuke watanabe facing shingo kusano on august 22nd and this was genuinely this was probably the best fight of the month this was just eight rounds of pure chaos absolutely amazing belt with both guys wanting to be crowned the the tournament winner uh each guy wants to take home the cash prize which i believe was the a million yen and the prize of featuring in a future issue with a manga that's a hell of a unique prize and it showed that both guys really genuinely wanted it despite the fact they're not the best fighters out there they put on a show I mean, if, if you're going to be featured in the manga, forget, keep the million yen. I don't want that. I want to be in the manga. Uh, this show also did something that I really like, and I don't think it's been mentioned outside of what I do. They had social distancing enforced by using cult characters from the manga. That's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, that's brilliant because you're you're staying safe. You're you're keeping that social distancing, but you're doing it in a fun way. It's fun. It's very unique, and it's the first time I've seen. Uh, social distancing apps use at Corican Hall since fans were allowed back in the venue. I'd like to see it more often. I think that's brilliant. Staying safe, but with manga, uh, people are going to follow. If Hajime no Ippo says, let's do it, then we're going we're gonna to do it. Uh, Shingo Wake was also on this card, and it was good to see him get back in that ring. We know that uh, he had a tough, tough TKO loss in his last fight, and that was kind of a shocker. Because he was building up to maybe a, another title fight. But it, w- it was good to see Wake get back in the ring. It was. He absolutely dominated Shai Kawashima. Kawashima was down, I believe, four times when he stopped. On paper, it looks a really good performance from Wake. I felt he never really got out of, sort of second gear. He tied with Kawashima a bit too much. Yeah, you can't really complain. You knock the guy down four times and stop him round six. And it doesn't stop there, Scott, because we we look back on all the fights that we've had in it. There hasn't been a huge fight, but it's just good to see the sport get back up on its feet. You know, they were knocked down. Uh, the the bell was about to be rung, but uh, right before the 10 count was up, the sport is back up, and it, it's starting to get its legs under it again. And even today, there was, there was fights, and what was cool about today was these fights were streamed on YouTube, which globally can be watched, and I think it's just great for the brand. Yeah, this particular card is absolutely brilliant. It's a sign of forward thinking from the promoter. The promoter, was, the event was co-promoted by Hachioji Nakaya and Yokohama Hickory, who do the A-Sign boxing, um, boxing channel, do the, the YouTube for A-Sign. Uh, Ichi Taro, Ichi is in charge of it, and this guy is probably the best remote you've never heard of. He's so forward thinking that it's unreal. Um, to build up for this show, they ended up doing salons um, where you got to talk to the fighters directly if you paid um, sort of a subscription or premium. They got a sponsor involved, they did lots of build up videos, lots of crowdfunding. It's a really, really, really smart bit of promoting by the, uh, by the guy in charge. and. It turned out to be a really good show as well. Had the Japanese debut of Shoki Sakai, who you might remember fought in the US a few times. He beat Ashley Theofan, uh, fought Yor Garitsian. He fought Hironori Shigita in what turned out to be a brilliant eight rounder. 
teenager Jinsasuke blasted Shinaka Iwa in a real, real breakout performance. The only really poor belt on this one was Kusuke Tomioka, whose opponent Shotohara didn't want to be there, and Tomioka thankfully has had a laugh. He tried taunting Tara and still couldn't get out of his shell, but the card was fantastic. It's free, fantastic quality, brilliant build-up, and yeah, you can't really argue when it's completely free. This needs to be done more to build the sport because the pay-per-view, I understand, you have to make money, but you can kind of move to this new platform and, and I think pull in younger viewers. That's the key. It is the young people are on YouTube right now. They're not watching pay-per-view. They're not watching TV. In fact, at least here in the States, everyone's cutting the cord. They're, they're getting rid of their cable TV, right? They're getting rid of basically everything except maybe for their online subscription to Netflix. But if you can carve out a little niche in the online streaming with something like YouTube... Maybe in the future, you put out these free shows, and then in the future, maybe, I don't know, you can start charging or, or make it where it's behind a paywall. But initially, I think if you go after the younger generation, younger demographic with something like YouTube, you'll be able to, to create more of a viewership and also bring in the young viewership, those young fans that boxing needs. Yeah, I think that's exactly why Ichitaro has gone that route. He himself is only a young guy. He's 38. He is someone who has thought progressively about how to bring technology into the sport. And they did a free stream a couple of weeks ago about sparring, where they showed some of the guys on the show sparring. They put out free documentaries and show the programming online. It's really smart what he's doing. And I think in a few years' time, we're going to realize just how bright he is as a promoter. And hopefully others do start following suit. Give us the free programming. Give us the free content to get us excited about the fighters. The star of the show, believe it or not, was Takuya Yamaguchi, a guy who's got had 11 losses from 17 fights before today. The story they showed, the documentary they did on him, drew somewhere close to 800,000 yen in crowdfunding because they sold him. He sold himself and became a genuine cult hero in Japan off the back of it. The promoters have got to realize that it's not just the main eventers with the stories, but it's the undercard guys. These are the guys people can care about. How did how did he do that? How did he sell himself? By being an honest, nice guy. <laughs> Shallow as that sounds, he is living in relative poverty. He doesn't use internet. He was completely unaware of how big he'd gotten. And when they asked him what he's doing with the money, he says he's giving it off to the gym so they can replace the toilets in the gym. Uh, yeah, genuinely nice guy. He's 35. He's never going to be a boxing star, but that doesn't mean he wasn't a valid story. He wasn't worthy of covering. And congratulations to him for connecting with fans. That's awesome. You you make a great point there, Scott. I think we we only like to look at who the main card guy is and and build our stories off of him. But there's six, seven, eight other guys on this card that you that all have a story. And all can be interesting to the viewer. I'm glad that they tapped into that. So it's, it's very cool that um, they looked past the record and didn't just say, oh, well, he's 4-11. and 11. We're not going to make a big deal out of it. Hopefully, 
other people look at that and say, hey, that's something that we can do in the future. Yeah, I think we've got, I think promoters have got their heads so far up the backside at times going, this is the name, this is the reason to watch the show. No, the reason to watch the show is it's boxing. Tell us everybody's story. Make us interested in the fighters. Don't try and pin it as a one-sided event. Even the ESPN cards over, um, over the summer, they made it seem like their guy was against nobody and it was about their one story. And I don't think that's going to promote an event. It already makes matches look like mismatches. Whereas this here, here's this guy, here's this guy, they're going to fight. Learn something more about both of them. Not only did we get this great card, but we also got some news on this card. What was the news that was given to us on YouTube? Between the main event and the co-feature, a certain Masayuki Ito took to the ring, along with a Hironori Mishiro, and together they announced they were facing each other in November. On November 5th in a 10-round lightweight belt, that's exciting news. I'm glad that that Ito's back. Uh, he, you know, he had he had the title for for a quick second, and then of course lost it to uh, Herring. But um, you know, I think he can still get back to that world level. And Mishiro, this is his opportunity to prove to everyone that hey, I'm I can contend at the world level because I think he can. Yeah, this is an absolutely great matchup. Even if you didn't necessarily know about either guy you will if you watch them understand how great this is that this is as about Ito, as we all know is a former world champion he took the title of christopher diaz defended it once then lost it to jamal herring he was complaining that making light and um, super featherweight was a drain he's now moving up in weight first hironori mishira who himself is a former opbf super featherweight champion He's faced some really good fighters. He's been some thrilling fights as well. His bouts with Carlo Magali, Masaru Siyoshi, and Yoshimitsu Kimura were brilliant. So he can fight. He's already world-ranked, I believe. Uh, Botrek has him number 22 at Super Featherweight. It's well-matched. They're two guys who can box but can fight. They can be dragged into wars very easily. Yeah, it could end up being one of the best bouts in November. Is there anyone else slated for this card, or is it just Ito and uh, Mishiro right now? At the moment, it's just that one bout, but it's at the Sumida Ward Center, and again, it's put on by Ichitaro Ishiro, Ishii. Uh, so expect a really good card. Expect it to again be available online. This guy knows how to promote a show. This guy knows how to put on a good card, and I suspect we get another treat in November. The Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, we are back. And ma- make sure to podcast us uh, if you go to the website, asianboxing.info. First of all, it's a great website. You can get all the different news. Scott is so good at keeping you up to date on everything that goes on in the Asian boxing world. But you can also go to the podcast tab and listen to Scott and myself. Now, there are more uh fights coming up and any any big fights uh, that you wanted to highlight coming up in the next couple of weeks there's not so much big fights coming up but there is a lot of really talented youngsters in action over the next few weeks and guys like Chennai Warawat the Thai who um is making real waves on the super bantamweight scene uh Fong Fason Panyakum who fans may remember from the Shrisuke Amnat card 
And there's a guy I absolutely love called Natapong Jankyu. He is a sensational talent. His style genuinely reminds me of Mayweather's. He looks he looks probably the most naturally talented tyres in, in years. He's in action on September 6th against Samart like Kikichim, who fought Noya Inoue and Akira Yaigashi. Seriously, try to make an effort to watch Natapong's fight on September 6th. First of all, thank you for pronouncing those names. I'm glad that I didn't have to do that because uh, it would have been a mess. It would have been an, a dumpster fire, and luckily you uh, hit all of those names right on, on the spot. Hit them on the nail. <laughs> um, finally, before we let you go, Scott, Naoya Inoue, possibly starting up a training camp, possibly going to be fighting in the near future? Possibly fighting in November. Um, again, everything is up in the air in regards to international travel, visas, all sorts of issues, leaving Japan, getting back to Japan. Um, I believe he usually takes a camp around this time of year in Guam, and that's been cancelled and it's now in Japan that he's taken the training camp. So, fingers crossed we see him in November against, I believe it's Jason Maloney. Um, because that's a really good fight, but yeah, it's still uh, fingers crossed and hope for the best. I have to be honest with you. I'm, I've been having Naoya Inoue withdrawals uh, because the last fight I, we were able to see was one of the best fights I've seen in my life. It was probably the fight of the year between Inoue and Donaire. And for how great Inoue's year was last year, obviously this year he hasn't been able to do anything. So... Uh, I can't wait till he gets back in the ring. And I was I was going to go to his first fight or second fight here in the States, but uh, his fight in Las Vegas, I was I was raring and ready to go. And, and, and then everything kind of went down. So I've been having some Inoue withdrawals. You do kind of have to think that maybe it's a good thing that he's had Solon Auto because the eye was a mess. So maybe a blessing in disguise for him. I agree. I agree. And it's probably fully healed now. Whereas he was getting back in the ring a little bit soon. And you don't know how that would have affected him in that fight that initially was going to happen a lot earlier in the year. Yeah, the extra few months from April to now appear to have done a lot of good. Uh, in pitch time, he does look a lot better. It's still not 100%. There's still some scar tissue there. But it's way better than it was in March. And yeah, you can imagine... The extra time's not done him too bad. Blessings in disguise. That's what we're all about here on the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. Scott, I, I can't tell you how I'm excited to get this podcast back up and running and also how excited I am just to have boxing back. And I'm sure towards the end of the year, we're going to have some big fights. Uh, and of course, leading into 2021, uh, the future is very bright for the Asian boxing scene. Very bright. A lot of fighters are turning professional. A lot of fighters are making the mark. Um, again, talking about blessings in disguise, it maybe this year perhaps puts a rocket up a lot of fighters' backsides and makes them realize that they could end up losing in the six months of their career. Don't waste time, guys. <laughs> if you keep wasting time, you don't know when your next opportunity is going to be. So take them and run with them. And go with them when you get them. All right, Scott. Uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, any plans for the rest of uh, the day? Nothing too exciting. What about yourself? Uh, 
just going to hang out. I have a day off today from work, so I'm just going to hang out, chill, get some sun, um, and just enjoy uh, what we have out here. So, uh, again, it's the Asian Boxing Podcast, Scott and Colin, asianboxing.info. Don't forget to visit the website. And remember, we're going to talk to you next week. We have a lot to get to. And uh, excited that this podcast is back. But until then, we'll talk to you next time.